Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. My name is Maddie Murphy. I'm your host, and I'm so glad that you are here. How was everybody's week? I'm trying to think of what I did this week. Hmm. Let me think. I think I ovulated. Uh, that's really the only notable thing that happened to me this week. I have ovulation pain, which is called, according to the internet, middle schmerz. I'm not making that word up. It's German. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I feel myself ovulate. And you know what? I had a lady tell me once that it was because I had a lot of Scorpio in my chart. And I was like, there's no way that's true. And then guess what? I looked at my birth chart. Boom. Scorpio everywhere. So I'm just going to believe her that she said that. I don't know why I'm telling you guys this. It's basically just the most exciting thing that happened to me this week. Also, my skin, I was looking at myself because I was going to film this episode. And then my camera died and then I couldn't find the charger and I had a little bit of a panic attack, but I just decided to screw it. I'm just not going to film this. Anyway, my skin has been looking amazing lately. And I have posted this on my Instagram story, this supplement that I've been taking. It's from ClearStem, not a sponsor. I don't have a code. I'm so sorry. Hopefully they hear this and will give me one, but they have a supplement, their mind, body, skin supplement. I don't know, but it helps so much with my hormonal acne. And I'll post it again on my Instagram story because it's now like my lifeline. Like two weeks ago, I was in, I was in the trenches with my skin. Skin stuff is hard because it's it's like a real confidence killer. And anybody who struggles with acne or anything like that knows. And it's also sometimes super hard to figure out what is causing it. Is it like something internal, external? I don't know. I like skin stuff. I like finding good products and I like telling you guys about them. So once again, that supplement has saved me. Um, anything else that happened this week? Nope, I don't think so. So let's get into today's topic. I can always tell how traumatized you guys are by a topic based on A, how many submissions I get in from them, and B, how long the submissions are. Because when the submissions are long, I know we're getting into some real trauma dumping. Like a lot of you guys are just like, hey, I don't even care if you read this, but like I need to let this out immediately. And that topic today is the topic of first kisses, which are not always categorically terrible, right? Like I wouldn't say my actual kid, I just, I told my first kiss story like three weeks, well, like two months ago. So I won't bore you guys and tell you guys again. I think it's up on my Instagram, but my actual like kiss kiss was not that bad. Like the story surrounding it was funny. Yeah. But it wasn't like super traumatizing, but it is just like one of the most pivotal moments of your life. So I don't think traumatizing is the right word. What's the word I'm looking? Just significant. Okay, we'll just go with significant. And yeah, a lot of you guys have a lot of feelings about your first kisses. A lot of you guys felt embarrassed about not having your first kiss until later, which not embarrassing at all. A lot of you guys felt embarrassed about having your kiss first kiss too early. There's no shame in any of this, but I think a lot of us are carrying carrying a lot of first kiss shame. I felt a lot of shame. I was 14 and I thought that I was headed straight, straight to the devil. 
if I kissed somebody before I was 16. And turns out it was fine. And we're just, you know, we're letting all that, all that shame go. But let's get into your stories for first kisses. <laughs> a lot of these, a lot of these, like I was, I was like cringe laughing through them because there's no, there's no memories burned into my brain quite like the ones that I experienced from ages like 13 to 17. Like just you remember all of the awkward feelings and the details and the weird texts that you sent the boy that you like and the passing each other in the hall and the first time you held hands with somebody. It's just, it's all of these firsts and it's like, it's powerful and terrifying. So let's get into your stories, shall we? Here we go. When I was 19, I went on a study abroad and one night a group of 20 of us snuck out of the flat to go clubbing. Oh, she was in London. I should have London study abroad. As I was headed to the janky dance floor with some friends, this group of guys came up to us. One guy looked at me and said, hi, and then just came in and planted one on me. Then he walked away without a word. Definitely tipsy, but my, my in my 19-year-old mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, he likes me. Oh, I relate to that so much. If a guy like like said my name in a certain way when I was 19, I was like, you're obsessed with me. Okay. She goes on. My friend wanted to kiss too. So she grabbed his friend's face and started making out with him. All I remember about him was a plaid shirt and a British accent. In the moment, I was freaking out about getting my first kiss in a club in London from a complete stranger. Obviously word got around quickly. Oh wait, word got around the group. Word quickly got around the group that I had been kissed and I thought I was going to get sent home. Looking back now, I'm like, this was low key a non-consensual kiss. Not okay. But as a 19 year old, it was exhilarating. I took a creative writing class the next semester and wrote an entire personalized essay on it about a midnight kiss with a stranger. And I read it to an entire class of students. So cringe, just crickets. My 60 year old male professor was so disturbed. <laughs> this actually, I do feel like this is kind of like a dream first kiss. Okay. Mary Kate and Ashley, like you're winning London, meet a stranger in a in a dark underground club. I think that's amazing. Much less traumatizing than than it could have been, I will say. Okay, next one. Me and my secret boyfriend, I was 14, had planned our first kiss to happen at an amusement park. For those that are in Utah, this is from this they planned for it to happen at Lagoon, which is absolutely iconic. We coordinated our parents dropping us off at different times, where to meet and what ride it was going to happen on. Happen on, and you guessed it, Dracula's castle. I don't even know what that is. Uh, I haven't been to Lagoon in like 15 years. <laughs> One of those old scary slash horror rides with the little carts and robot vampires. Well, earlier that day before the big smooch, I played a soccer game and I broke my foot. I begged my parents to let me still go to Lagoon. I convinced them I could walk and they dropped me off with lots of ibuprofen and in my <laughs> lots of ibuprofen in my hormone raging teenage body. There was no way I wasn't going to get my first kiss. Fast forward to our big moment. We're on the ride. It's dark and he makes his move. I proceed to be so nervous and in so much pain from my foot that I burst into tears. He still grabs my face and plants one plants one on me. I was shocked and very embarrassed that I got my first kiss while literally bawling my eyes out on a stupid haunted house kitty ride. He tried to make me feel better by buying me a churro afterwards. It didn't work. I'm shocked that it didn't work. That would have worked on me. I called my mom to come get me. And on Monday at school, he dumped me to make myself feel better. I convinced myself first kisses in haunted houses are probably cursed. You're not wrong. And also it's just so classic. Like nothing could have stopped me from hanging out with a boy that I liked when I was 15, 16, 17, like nothing, not even a broken foot. I could have cracked my spine in half and I would have found a way to show up to every single social event that I thought a boy I liked was going to be at. Granted, I liked, I had, I did, ha I had a crush on one boy from like seventh to ninth grade. And I remember, oh, this is a, this is one of those traumatizing moments that I've tried to block out. But I remember I wrote him a note and I told him that I liked him. And then I had my best friend like run and give it to him when he was getting on the bus. And I remember like two days later, he wrote me a note back and it said that he did like me, but he wasn't ready for a girlfriend, which makes sense because we were 11. But I did keep the note and I highlighted like with a highlighter, the part that said, I do like you. And then I would just ignore the part that said he wasn't ready for a girlfriend. So I would just reread it and be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he likes me. I'm so lucky. So yeah, uh, needless to say, a broken foot would not have stopped me either. So I salute you. Yeah. 
This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Babbel. I bet a lot of you guys have trips coming up. I bet a lot of you guys are preparing for like really fun spring break trips. Maybe some like European summer travels are coming up. I have the best tool to add into your trip preparation and that is Babbel because there's no better way to prepare to visit a new country than by learning a new language with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that's sold more than 10 million subscriptions, even if you're not going to another country. Doesn't it sound fun to just be able to be bilingual? That's on my bucket list, to be completely fluently bilingual. I don't really see another way how that's going to happen except with Babbel. Thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where your trips take you. With Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete a lesson, so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. I took French in high school, and I can say about four things, but then when I started learning with Babbel, I learned more in the first lesson that I did in three years of high school French. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective and And with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages and their speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash bad. That's babbel.com slash bad, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash bad for up to 55% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Gooder. So as we're all willing summer to get here as quickly as possible, I think that we should do so by getting new sunglasses. And I know what you're thinking, Maddie, I don't want to splurge on sunglasses because I'm just like you and I'm going to snap them in half or sit on them or break them or do something stupid with them or lose them. But I have great news. Gooder sunglasses start at $25. They're also built to be put to good use. So they're great for running, cycling, working out, golfing, going to the beach, hiking, or just hanging out. That's my favorite activity to do in them. They're 100% polarized and they're super lightweight. They're also affordable and very comfortable. Did I just hit every item on the checklist for the perfect pair of sunglasses? I think so. I've gifted a couple pairs of these. Guess what? Everybody loves them. Also, I, I just have to tell you guys about some of the names of these sunglasses. First of all, they have a blue pair called Falcor's Fever Dream. And I don't know about you guys, but anybody that's going to reference Never Ending Story has my loyalty for life. They also have a pair called Whiskey Shots with Satan. I don't know who's coming up with these names, but I love them very, very, very much. So if you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Bad Broadcast listeners free shipping on your first order. There will be a link in the show notes. You can click on it there, or you can just go to gooder.com slash bad to get your free shipping. Gooder offers 30-day money-back guarantees and 100% satisfaction. So find your pair at g-o-o-d-r.com slash bad and get free shipping. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Next one. Prom night, 2009. Dropping me off at the end of the night, he came around the passenger side to get my door. Then he picked me up and carried me wedding style to the front door. <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't realize I forgot my shoes in the truck. So he picked me back up the same way, took me all the way back to the truck. I grabbed my shoes. He did the carry back again to the front door. (laughs) Then he kissed me three times. First of all, no boy in high school would have been able to carry me. Actually, there were probably two. There were probably two boys in my entire high school that could have lifted me, let alone carried me baby style from the car to the door. So I get it. Honestly, the effort he put in, he deserves a a little bit of credit. (laughs) All right, moving right along. Here she goes. Or what? I don't know why I said that. Here she goes. Okay. Oh, I didn't even know it, but I've been waiting for this one. I was 15 in 2006 and I had a boyfriend-ish. Let's call him B. 
We held hands. We were together. We talked on IM. None of our friends had phones, but we were both very religious and waiting till we were 16 to actually date or kiss. We had been together off and on for a couple of months before his family went on a cruise for Christmas vacation. This entire time I had this friend, we'll call him M, who had just moved to our town that past summer. He was good friends with me and my brother and we all hung out a lot. During Christmas vacation, M invited me over for a movie night and my brother was busy so he didn't come with. I thought it was a group hang and I showed up and it was just M, his best friend and his best friend's girlfriend. Clearly a double date. We watched Nightmare Before Christmas and M's friend and his girlfriend started making out pretty early into the movie. Slowly, M started scooting closer to me on the couch and puts his arm around me. Oh, that gives me that gives me war flashbacks. By an hour into the movie, M had started kissing my cheek and trying to kiss me on the mouth. Having never kissed anyone and growing up super sheltered, I was in total shock. Couldn't move. Couldn't say anything. He ended up kissing me on the mouth and we made out for like 30 minutes until the movie ended and I called my mom from his house phone and left ASAP. I sobbed that night because not only had I kissed someone other than my boyfriend, but I also felt like I couldn't say no. B came back a week later and we stayed together. But funny enough, when we kissed for the first time after we both turned 16, he broke up with me because he was worried we'd go too far. Moral of the story, teach consent early and often empower people, young people to speak up and dating as a teenager is honestly the pits. It really is. This is, I can't even tell, I can't even tell you how many of my friends, okay, I would, I, I didn't date a lot in high school, but how many of my friends got broken up with or broke up with their boyfriends just because of the fear of, of going too far, not even because they went too far, just like the, the fear that they might go too far. And when I was growing up and when I was in high school, going too far was like, I mean, we, (laughs) I can't even believe this term, but we would call it defing. I don't know what everybody else called like dry humping, but we called it defing because it was short for like DFing, like, yeah, dry effing or dry humping. I know people called it derfing or yeah, DHing, like all these random terms, which is basically just grinding with all of your clothes on. That would have been way too far for the majority of people that I knew or that I went to high school with. Obviously, you guys know this by now that I was raised Mormon. And so there's a lot of like lore around what Mormon kids do and don't do and like the loopholes that they come up with. And I feel like this was really talked about like a few, I guess it wasn't even a few years ago. This was like last year where people started finding out about soaking. And I've said before that I wanted to know if any of you guys had actually done it. Cause I don't know anybody who had actually done it and didn't just say that they had had sex. But the concept, sorry, by the way, this is so, it's, it's actually like way more graphic than like any explicit sexual act. But basically the concept behind soaking, people think that like Mormon kids do this where basically he puts it in, but like doesn't move. And then it's not considered having sex because he didn't like move his body. It was just like sitting in there. So yeah, people called it soaking, docking, (laughs) you heard it called marinating, which is the worst, but I never knew anybody who actually did that. There were, however, lots of loopholes that people created. Like some that I know for sure happened, like for sure. I know people firsthand like that did this. I knew people who would like make out in their swimsuits. Like they would put their like girls would go put their swimsuits on and then they would make out with guys. And then it like it wasn't like they were in their underwear. It was just like that they were in their bikini and it was different, which for some reason, the rationale works. Like, why is it more normal to be seen in swimsuit bottoms than to be seen in underwear? I don't know. But I knew people that did that. I knew people or I knew guys that would like grab girls like underneath their armpits like hold that like as if you were like helping somebody up onto like a ledge, you know, (laughs) like if you were lifting somebody up, they would put their hands there. And like, instead of like feeling a girl up, but it would just like feel the sides of their boobs, like stuff like that. And yeah, I feel like uh, these will come to me as, as we go on, because I feel like the docking and soaking don't know if those are true. A lot of you guys have messaged me and been like, I did it. Or like my best friend did it, but I, I refuse to believe it, but there are a lot of, a lot of loopholes that we, that we came up with. So if I think of any more, I'll let you know. Okay. 
Next one. She says, I'm so sorry, but I love my first kiss story. That is nothing to be sorry about. It was my freshman year. I had just turned 15 and I was wearing the cutest shoes that I got for my birthday. I mentioned the shoes because they were four inch wedges. Oh, I bet they were wrapped in like twine or like, you know, the, you know, the heels, everybody who went to high school in the two thousands knows exactly what I'm talking about. I mentioned the shoes because they were four inch wedges that made my five, eight self exactly six feet tall. My boyfriend at the time was six, three. So the head tilt ratio for kissing was perfection. We were in the school library during study hall and he led me by the hand to the very back. I knew it was coming and we were both pretty giddy. He gently pushed me back against a bookcase and gave me the softest, perfectly timed three kisses in a row. It was honestly magical. In the next few months, we went on, we went on to kiss lots, French kiss each other. And I give, even, <laughs> so I don't know how I missed this in the first read through. I even gave him head in that same library. I have no idea what he's up to now, but man, 15 year old us were so good together. Love you. And the podcast, see you at eras in Houston. Oh man, we're on the countdown to the era's show in Houston. I believe I'm going on the 21st. I think there's multiple shows in Houston. I think I'm going on Friday night, but that is not the point of this story. The point of this story is that first kisses can be magical, honestly, in a library gently pushed up against the bookcase. Come on. So yeah, I told you guys my first kiss story, but I did have one. I was like going through like first kisses that I had with like people that I dated. I feel like all of them were like kind of average. I did have one very magical first kiss with a guy and I was with my best friend, Kylie. Shout out. If you're listening, Kylie, you'll know which kiss I'm talking about. And we went to a New Year's Eve dance and we were both like, we're going to kiss guys at midnight. Like we were like living our best lives. It was right after high school. And I remember we were at this huge dance and I had seen this guy and I was like, I'm going to kiss that guy. I had no idea who he was, didn't know his name, but like the countdown started down to midnight and he was like, I was like inching my way closer to him because I was like, maybe he's going to ask me. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to take the initiative. And it was almost midnight. And I was like, can I kiss you at midnight? And he was like, yeah. Anyway, so then we kissed. Great kisser. And then we dated for like a hundred years. Well, off and on. And he was kind of the worst, but we still dated off and on. And so when people would be like, how do you guys meet? I'd be like, we met at midnight as strangers. And then we fell in love at least, you know, what I thought love was when I was 19, it was magical. I really, I really did enjoy it quite a bit. All right. Next one. Here we go. I was 15 years old and I was talking to a guy who went to the rival high school on the opposite side of town. We didn't see each other very much and we mostly just texted and I would We finally went to a Halloween dance and we got to see each other and he was dressed up as none other than Weird Al Yankovic. Yankovic? Yankovic? I'm just, gonna, I don't know what it is. I know I was ready to end things as soon as I saw him. Anyway, he kept trying to kiss me the entire night, but I kept trying to dodge it because oddly enough, I didn't want my first kiss to be in a public setting with Weird Al. So he'd go in for the kiss. I'd move my head and he'd headbutt my ear, cheek, head, nose. For some reason, he couldn't catch a hint. And I was finally and he was finally fast enough that he planted one on me. There was no kissing back. It was quick. He was so proud. And I eventually ended things with him during our high school spirit week when our high school football teams <laughs> played each other. Oh, you know, when you, okay. So you guys know that I'm like ick sensitive, right? Like I feel like most of us are, we all get the ick very easily, but there was nothing like a high school ick. Like when the guy you like came to school with a haircut, we all know that one, that one was the worst. I had a personal, um, I have a personal vendetta against guys who ran to lunch. Like if I liked a guy and in like middle school and he ran to lunch immediately icked out. Also Halloween costumes just like she said, like if I, if a guy came to school and he was too dressed up, that was a red flag. But also if he wasn't dressed up enough, that was another red flag. There was a real sweet spot for guys in Halloween costumes. Like, I feel like you had to go funny, but like low effort. You couldn't do anything with like face painting or anything that like you had to wake up really early and ask your mom for help. Like that was weird. You had to just do something that you planned out enough, but you know, I, I think we all know what I'm talking about. I, I probably am going too overboard on like the Halloween costume coolness scale, but I think you guys catch my drift. So yeah, weird Al, I don't blame you. Next up, she says, okay, my first kiss was literally perfect. I was a high school exchange student in Germany and I had a crush on this hot, tall German guy. We flirted all week at the spring break church camp thing. 
He gets my contact info and then he asks me out and he visits me in my cute little German town. We went for a walk around the city, got lunch, went to these cute little public gardens, and then we stopped and he told me, okay, this is a bit cringe, but that my eyes looked like the ocean, but he said it in German and then he kissed me. The actual kiss wasn't that great because I had no idea what I was doing. And afterwards I asked my host sister if kissing is always that squishy or if it gets better. So the kiss itself, not great, but the vibes and the lead up perfect. And my actual study abroad dream. This is what I always thought would happen to me when I traveled. Like I always thought that I was going to end up like in the arms of a foreign lover wherever I went. But it didn't occur to me that I was, you know, a teenager and traveling with my parents. So it probably wasn't likely that I was going to be falling in love, like walking through a German town, but a girl can dream. Okay. I'm still a little bit dreaming of it. Okay. Next one. Oh boy. This is the story I didn't realize I have been waiting to tell. I was 13 and this was the peak of my Avril Lavigne fandom. We all smeared our eyeliner and wore our creepers and pretended our parents were ruining our lives. Well, one night, my friends and I decided to dress in our most angsty punk outfits we could muster. Apparently, that was overalls for me. And we went to Knott's Berry Farm, an amusement park in Orange County known to be a good place to pick up guys that happened to like girls that looked like Avril Lavigne and pretended to have daddy issues. Well, we snatched a guy, Zach, with a mohawk as high as the sun, <laughs> and he gladly wait, gladly laid my first kiss on me, making sure to shove his tongue down my throat for good measure. Then he kissed my friend. Then he kissed me. We then proceeded to take turns making out all night. Was this a little bit of a threesome? I definitely count it. <laughs> I definitely count it if I play Never Have I Ever. Also, 13-year-old me has gotten some really big self-hugs in therapy since then. Yes, lots of, lots of self-hugs for early teenage cells. But either way, this is scandalous. When you were 13, a guy with a mohawk, I would have been so scared of a boy with a mohawk. You know what scared me even more in my early teenage years? Boys with earrings. I, You could have lined up the scariest things in the world. You could have been like kidnapper, like murderer, boy with earrings. I would have rather confronted a murderer and a kidnapper than a boy with earrings. I thought that they were the scariest, most dangerous people to ever live. Boys with earrings and boys with tattoos. I will never forget when the first boy from my high school got a tattoo. He was the only person I knew with a tattoo and he got it across his chest and it said, only God can judge me, which he was very wrong about, first of all. Second of all, it it altered me in a major way that I knew somebody who had a huge tattoo. Everybody who went to my high school knows exactly who I'm talking about. Okay, next one. She says, I was 14 and in an after-school driver's ed program. I sat next to this kid for the whole time. It was maybe three weeks, and he was definitely a cool kid while I was not. On one of the last days, he tells me to ask to go to the bathroom, so of course I follow his lead. I meet him out in the hallway where he takes my hand and pulls me into the corner of a locker and a wall and then proceeds to kiss me. But it's my first kiss ever and I have zero idea what I'm doing. So my first concern was that I had gum in. I'm just sitting there thinking, what the heck do I do with my gum? And eventually I just stuck it in the back of my mouth. But then even worse happens. He sticks his tongue in my mouth and I reacted and bit down on his tongue. He pulled back and said, ow. And I said, sorry. And then he shrugged and continued to kiss me. Anyway, long story short, after that, I told my mom about my first kiss and she made me cry because he was just some random kid using me, which did end up being true because unknown to me, he was dating a girl named my same name. But after, but I did not know this until after I had kissed him. And then I sent him feet pics because he asked, and what the heck does a 14 year old know? Very traumatizing all around <laughs> feet pics. I feel like people think feet pics are a joke by people. I mean, myself, I used to not believe that anybody would ever be into feet pics. And then I turned like 23 and I met several girls who made a lot of money selling feet pics. And then it hit me. Um, that there are no limits to what people might be into or what people might find arousing or sexual. And feet are actually a pretty mild, pretty mild uh, kink, if you will. Okay, next one. Hi, I love you and the podcast so much. And I never listen without my first kiss boy because he also loves it too. I didn't date a lot in high school and I never kissed anyone, even though I had quite a few close guy friends. 
I had such bad anxiety about my first kiss and the older I got, the worse it was because I was embarrassed about not knowing how to kiss in college. So I would actively swerve guys when they had an opportunity to go for it. When I was 21, I started spending a lot of time with this guy and we spent about six months just becoming really close friends. He was practically my best friend and I thought he was cute from day one. Eventually, I felt like I liked him so much it was worth the risk to our friendship to bring it up because I was feeling stuck with where our relationship was. Luckily, when I confessed my crush, he wanted to give it a shot and start dating. We were sitting on a couch alone late at night chatting when I brought it up and after we talked, he asked if he could kiss me. Looking back, that is such a kind and respectful way to initiate kissing someone, but at the time, it was my worst nightmare because I was instantly so awkward and stiff. My first kiss at the age of 21 was practically a peck because it was just too tense because I was just too tense and stressed for it to be any kind of natural. I remember walking away thinking there's no way two people who have chemistry could kiss that badly. But guess what? We're married now and kissing went way uphill from there. Cute. I have a sibling. Actually, maybe I'm making this up. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I have a sibling. I won't out them just in case they don't want me to. But who was married to their first kiss? So when I read this, it felt felt hit close to home. It's very cute. It can work out. Also, the concept of asking before you kiss somebody. I don't think it's that weird. When I was like 18 or 19, if you would have told me that a guy was going to ask me before he kissed me, I would have been like, that is absurd and so cringe. But now I feel like it's kind of the way to go. I feel like if a guy were to ask me before kissing me, I wouldn't be that weird. I mean, you got to be smooth with it. You got to have a little finesse. But I think it's very respectful just to make sure, just to make sure that she is, you know, cool with it, that she's fine with everything that's about to happen. I mean, there's no such thing as too much consent, but there's definitely such thing as not enough consent. So you might as well ask. All right. Next one. She says, this isn't even the full story, but for some reason at age 18, I'm embarrassed. I had the overwhelming feeling to say, I love you afterward because I felt so awkward and I didn't know what else you were supposed to do afterwards. Can anyone else relate to this phenomenon? Why does nobody teach you something cool to say after you kiss someone? Why did my brain jump straight to the highest of all the feelings? I'm pretty sure I said I love you during a few a few makeouts. I'm I'm absolutely sure my brain went to that. What is the coolest thing that you can say after you kiss somebody? I think that the coolest thing you can do is leave. That's what you should do after somebody kisses you. You should be like, okay, text me, text me when you get home. Call me, call me tomorrow. I'll see you later. Like just act like you're like have something else to get to. I heard this once on, um, it was this podcast called Girls Gotta Eat, but it was the the guest was Lindsay Metzler, who has actually a podcast on Dear Media called We Met at Acme. Anyway, I love her a lot. She was talking about how she just never tells a guy how she feels about him. Like she never defines the relationship. She never gives in. And I heard that when I was like 23, probably. And in my later dating years, I now think that that's exactly how you should do it. Like never give in. We should never tell them. We should just let them let them keep guessing. I feel like we guess enough, right? We're left guessing in a lot of ways. So why not just add to the mystery? Like I remember the hosts were asking her, like, when do you like bring up like what are we? And she was like, never. I never do that. I think that is kind of diabolical and genius. I don't know if that is still how she does it, but I have lived by that. Like if a guy is like going to tell me how he feels about me, I'll just like shake my head and be like, no, no, I'm not giving into this. I'm not. No, I'm going to keep you. I'm going to keep you hanging on so far. So good. But I'll keep you guys posted. (laughs) It might be a terrible idea. I don't know. But I think like a little a little like a sly like, oh, I got to go like after a kiss. Like he's going to be like, where is she going? What does she have to do? Who else does she have to kiss? you know, I think it's kind of a good move. Maybe that's toxic. I don't know. I think a lot of us who are like naturally people pleasers to the point of self-sacrificing, I think that we could probably afford to be a little bit more toxic because our amount of toxicity is probably just like normal behavior. I kind of talked about that on my episode with Wes when I was saying like, yeah, I told somebody that I was busy and I thought it was like super toxic. And she's like, well, aren't you just actually busy? I was like, oh yeah, that's just being a normal person. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by Squarespace. So long ago, when I was first starting this job, I knew that I was going to need a website. 
I put it off though, because I had no clue how to build a website. I don't know if you've met me, but I can barely turn on my computer. Okay. I wasn't going to be able to code an entire website. I was very lost and I avoided this task for a very long time. But then somebody suggested that I check out Squarespace and bam, all of a sudden I had a gorgeous website. I was selling merch when I first started and Squarespace has everything you need to sell anything you want. Squarespace has all the tools you need to get your business off the ground, which is what I was doing. I was very first starting. They have e-commerce templates, inventory management, a really simple checkout process and secure payments. So whatever you sell, Squarespace has merchandising features to make your products look their best online. You can also connect with your audience and generate revenue through gated members only content. So you can manage your members, send email communications and leverage audience insights all in one easy to use platform. I would have not even known where to begin on all of those features if I was building a website completely on my own. Also, all their websites are optimized for mobile, so content automatically adjusts so your site looks great on any device. That was such an amazing treat for me when I finished my website and I was like, well, now it's going to look weird on people's phones. No, it won't because when you build it with Squarespace, it looks good everywhere. So you can head to squarespace.com slash bad for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, you can use the offer code bad to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. Once again, that's squarespace.com slash bad for a free trial. And then the offer code bad to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Okay, next one. First of all, I love you. My first kiss was on my 13th birthday, and I was as awkward as you can imagine. In true middle school fashion, it was planned ahead of time over text. I was at a play practice, and he was at our school's basketball game. A true Troy and Gabriella story. (laughs) Dang it, I messed up that line. A true Troy and Gabriella story, if you will. He told me to meet him by the vending machines when I had a break. Because hormones are bouncing off the walls in middle school, our school instated a no PDA policy and you could get in trouble for kissing or hugging. So we knew we had to be sneaky and make it quick. I told my best friends what was going down. So of course they came with and hid so the guy couldn't see them. Finally, I didn't think he was going to kiss me because I thought you kissed, then hugged after. So after he hugged me, I started turning away, and that's when he planted one on me, barely making my lips. Okay, this is where the story gets wild. My mom worked at the school and had suspicions that I had a thing with this guy. Because we had a no dating until 16 policy in my family, she was definitely on to me. I came home from school a few days later, and she said, I saw you kiss him. The school security guard showed me on the cameras. My face went so red because I was caught, and then I broke up with him over text, of course, Fast forward to when I was 18 to find out that my mom lied because she just wanted me to confess that I had a boyfriend. That is mean. That is sneaky. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't like the, I don't like the lying to get you to confess. That makes me not feel very good. But let's discuss the no PDA or hugging or kissing rule in junior high, because I'm almost positive that my junior high had the same exact thing because I I can like specifically remember couples who held hands walking down the hall and made out in the hallway. Like I remember their names. I remember like, like everything about them. They are forever defined as the, the people who made out in junior high. They were on a different playing field than the rest of us. Because if I had kissed somebody in public when I was 14, it would have been the end of my life as I knew it. I almost wouldn't even do that now. And I'm 30. That's probably something that I should unpack. That's probably a me issue. Okay, next one. I was 16 and the boy I was crushing on was my next door neighbor. Ooh, romantic, classic. He had just moved in a month prior and we had this little budding romance going on. We had snuck out one night to go hang out at the neighborhood park and we were all sw- and we were swinging on the swings, just flirting and teasing and giggling, all very sweet and innocent. He stood up from his swing to push me on the swing, but instead of pushing me from behind, he was pushing me from the front. What? Seems like that would be your boobies, but okay. 
Clearly he was trying to kiss me, but I had never been kissed before and I was clueless. He kept trying to tickle me, classic move, and I kept telling him to stop. I finally told him, if you don't stop tickling me, I'm going to spit on you. He thought I was merely teasing him. Little did he know I was an imbecile. He tickled me again and then started to lean in. And yep, you guessed it. I yacked up a spit wad and spit it right in his face. Only to my dismay, he was leaning in for a kiss and my spit landed right on his unsuspected Oh, that makes me sick. Unsuspecting lips. It all happened within a second, yet it felt like it was in slow motion. The spit wad landed on his lips, then his lips landed on mine, safely securing the wad in between us. He pulled away in disbelief and a string of spit still connect. This is actually this. I should have put a trigger warning. I'm ill. He tried to laugh it off and kiss me again, but the damage was done. And so was the budding romance. I can handle almost any bodily fluid. Like nothing grosses me out. Like, like, uh, like blood I'm fine with, uh, even like throw, I feel like I can like clean up, throw up. I can change messy diapers. I can, you know, pop zits, anything like that doesn't gross me out. Spit and drool something about them. Oh my gosh. I think it's like a trauma response. <laughs> That's two weeks ago. I'm like, I'm not going to use therapy words. Now I'm like trauma dumping and my trauma response to spit. But like, I grew up with so many brothers that like, I don't know what else to call them except loogies. Is there another word for that? Like hawking a loogie that I just feel like anytime anybody spits or I see spit, oh, it grosses me out to, to no, no end. Okay. Next one. The kiss went like this. He put his hand around the back of my head and said, very matter of factly, I'm going to kiss you now. He leaned in and immediately led with tongue. Every single one of these stories has the guy leading with tongue. I mean, I should give them a break. They're all like prepubescent, but still leading with tongue feels like the the most obvious no-no. At the same moment, his hand behind my head happened to caress the gigantic mole I have hidden at the bottom of my hairline. I pulled away immediately, both because I didn't want him to touch my hidden hair mole and because a slimy tongue was not what naive teenage me had bargained for. Sadly, it didn't end there. He said, sorry, can I try again? not wanting him to try with tongue again or feel my hair mole, but unsure how to communicate either of those things. I blurted out the first reference point that came to my mind. Yeah, next time, maybe try kissing me like you kiss your mom. His odd stare back at me was, unfortunately, the first moment I realized that not everybody has a kiss each other on the mouth kind of family. I was mortified. I broke up with him immediately afterward because I was too embarrassed to ever try kissing him again. Needless to say, the next time I kissed someone, I left our moms completely out of it. Yeah, a kiss your family on the lips kind of family. Huh. I mean, I come from a a hug every now and again family. I definitely do not come from a kiss kiss your parents on the lips family as teenagers. I think the last time I kissed my mom on the lips, I was probably like five. I would say that was when kiss on the lips probably ended for us. No judgment, but a little judgment mainly because I'm thinking about Tom Brady and I really, you guys know, I love to hate Tom Brady. There's something about Tom Brady that is so easy to hate. And the French kissing your teenage kids was definitely like top of the list for me for when I stopped liking Tom Brady. (laughs) Okay. Next one. I grew up in a religious family. My parents paid me to wait until I was 16. This was wildly common at my high school too. I mean, probably everybody who grew up in Utah knew somebody who was getting paid by their parents to wait till they were 16, which is just wild. It's just, just trauma waiting to happen or happening, you know, in slow motion. I had a huge crush on this one boy. So since, so once I was 16, I picked him up in my car and we went and parked at a makeout spot. We jumped in the back seat and just started going at it. I was pretty aggressive in my making out because every movie I'd seen with kissing all looked very passionate. So yeah, he ended up abruptly stopping the makeout and jizzed all over and then asked for me to drive him home. Now that I'm older, I understood what had happened, but at the time I didn't really get how ejaculation and everything worked. So I was very confused because I was so innocent at the time. So yeah, my first, my first kiss resulted in him climaxing. I guess I should be proud. I too did not understand the mechanics of really anything. And I'm just sorry in advance if you're related to me and you have to hear me talk about this, but yeah, even the concept of like, boners did not occur to me, made absolutely no sense to me till I don't even want to tell you guys how old I was before they made sense. But I remember like when I would make out with guys in my late teens, when I was like 18 or 19, I'd be like, 
that's weird that he has a huge belt buckle on with basketball shorts. Like, what am I feeling? What is happening down there? Why does that hurt? I can feel something and it's injuring me and I don't like it. And then I remember telling one of my guy friends that, and he was like, Maddie, that that's not what you think it is. That's, that's not a belt buckle. Okay. It's not a zipper. It's not a, a wallet. Like there's, there's something else there that's hard. And I was like, what do you mean? And then for like probably a few weeks after that, I did, I did ask for clarification, but I thought that they were like that all the time. And I was like, that must be so uncomfortable. Like that you have to, that happens all the time. And it's weird how, I mean, I think it was probably a good thing that I was na- as naive as I was like all through high school because I avoided, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, I don't feel like anybody had to be embarrassed around me because I didn't even know what they were talking about. Like, I remember when I started learning about, you know, male anatomy and habits, if you know what I mean. I remember all of my guy friends like started talking about things that they did in high school and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm so glad that I didn't know what that was in high school. And they were like, we're so glad that you didn't know what that was in high school because it was so embarrassing. I remember one, (laughs) this just came to me. I remember one time we were all hanging out and one of our friends got a call from his mom and she was on speakerphone and she was like, you have to stop with the socks. Like you have to stop. Like it's, it's too much. Like there's too much laundry. You're throwing them behind your bed. Like you have to stop. And I didn't know what she meant. Like at the time I was like, yeah, like easy, easy with the laundry, dude. Like, why are you wearing so many pairs of socks? literally in my mid twenties when I realized what had gone on, but it saved him a lot of embarrassment because I had no clue, no clue what was going on. But yeah, learning about like what teenage boys were up to unbeknownst to the teenage girls around them. It's, it's probably for the better that the girls didn't understand. I definitely consider myself lucky that I didn't, didn't know what was going on. Okay. Next one. OMG. This may be my fave topic yet. Ninth grade me was extremely shy around the boys, but shockingly had a boyfriend. Loose term, but 14-year-old me was convinced it was love. Said boyfriend would walk up to my house after school every day, and on the way, he would stop at the gas station for a rock star. Red flag, but I digress. We had been dating for six months, and one day, as he was saying goodbye, he was lingering so badly on my doorstep. I knew what the intent was, and I had dodged kissing multiple boys in my junior high years because, yikes, how scary. And then something happened that definitely caught me off guard. Let me set the visual a little better. I was in my cowboy era. Honestly, he was not a cowboy, but he wore the Wranglers. He wore the boots and he had a skull tobacco ring in his jean pocket at 14 years old that I had no idea the significance of. And best of all, it was the mullet. Don't ask me what I saw in him. It was definitely just a phase. LOL. Anyway, back to the front step. We are saying our goodbyes when suddenly he starts chugging. And I mean, absolutely pounding his remaining rock star. I sat there confused as he chugs, but also clammy because I know, (laughs) I know what may be coming. Then he looks at me and he smashes his empty rock star can against his head. And before I can react, he grabs my neck and kisses me. I truly sat frozen while he sloppily tried to make out with me. I don't even think he said, I said anything and just walked in my front door. So he left. Needless to say, the bar was set real low. So basically ever since then has been infinitely better. Amazingly hilarious memory, terrible experience. Middle school boys. I mean, I know that we as women, we have a lot to cringe about, about the things that we did as middle school girls, but middle school boys. Oh my gosh. It's like the, it's the main reason I'm scared to have kids is because I'm like, I'm going to have a boy and he's going to be a weird middle school boy one day. Uh, No, I don't like the thought of it. I don't want to bring one more into the world, but you know what? Every good guy that you know started off as a weird middle school kid, so we shouldn't hate on him too much. It does probably build character. Okay, next one. Eighth grade, middle school dance. God bless the broken road is playing. It's the last song. We don't even make eye contact while dancing to the whole song. The last chorus comes on and he says, let's go where the teachers can't see us. As the last line plays, we kiss to led me straight to you and we sprint away from each other. Later, he texted me, your lips are so soft. 
This is so romantic. I would have thought that this was so romantic when I was in junior high. Granted, I thought a lot of things were super, super romantic that were not romantic at all. Like I remember I kissed a guy one time and he told me that he didn't want to tell anybody and to make sure that I kept it a secret. And he was like very adamant that I keep it a secret. And I thought that he was being romantic. You know, I thought that he was like, we were about to be, you know, Taylor Swift, Joe Alwyn. I didn't realize that he was just embarrassed that he had kissed me. Also, something else came into my mind thinking about loopholes that, you know, religious kids did in high school to avoid like actually kissing or making out or like breaking any rules. We played a game all the time called suck and blow, which like we thought we were so edgy, like saying that name. I can't even tell you, can't even tell you how rebellious I thought I was just by saying those words. But it's basically like, you know, you sit in a circle and then you got uh, like a playing card and you put it on your mouth and then like you have to pass it like between everybody's lips. And like if the card falls, then like you kiss the person next to you. Yeah, we did that probably every weekend. And that wasn't even in high school. That was in college. That was like in my early 20s, like right before I got married. Like I was too, I was too old to be playing that. I feel like if you know, if aliens are real and they're like watching us like a TV show, like that's one of my theories for sure that like we are being Truman showed by other solar systems and they're watching us. I feel like they're going to be like, why do you guys do that? Why do you do that? Along with all the other weird sex stuff with, that we do, they're probably watching us. Like you guys know, you only have to do like three things to make that entire process successful. Like you don't need to be adding in all this other stuff. And we're like, nope we're adding whips. Like they're probably so confused. And just the, the concept of kissing, man, I remember being so excited when I was like 13. I remember being like, Oh, I'm so excited to finally be old enough to kiss a bunch of boys. And it's really just, it's okay. if Some of them suck. You know, it's fine. It's fine. If you kiss a lot of people, it's fine. If you don't kiss a lot of people, it's fine. If you like doing it, if you don't like doing it, whatever you feel about it. Sometimes when I think too hard about kissing and like the germs that exist inside mouths. I don't even, I don't even like to think about it, but it is very magical when you kiss somebody that you like and you have that magical, magical close experience with somebody. But I just feel like when I was reading all of these submissions, all of us have a lot of inner, just a lot of inner shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of things we're holding on to about, you know, when we had our first kiss or how many people we've kissed or not kissed. And to that, I say, who cares? Who cares? let it go. No one, no one's judging you. This is a safe place. Don't judge yourself. It doesn't matter literally at all. It's kind of my motto these days is like, who cares? Cause I realized that I, I make things a much bigger problem in my head than they actually are. So sometimes if I just remind myself, who cares? The answer is usually no one. So <laughs> I hope that this healed a little part of your early teen self and being scared to kiss boys and the anti-climactic experience of your first kiss. But overall, very, very formative. All right. We're going to end it there. What else do I have to tell you guys? Merch over at Dear Media. You can join the Patreon for bonus content. Uh, thank you to everybody who subscribe, rates, reviews. That keeps the podcast going, keeps it on charts, keep, keeps people finding it. And also posting on social media. That is so insanely helpful. When you guys put it on your story, tell your friends about it. You guys are just my little my little bad broadcast missionaries spreading the word. I love you all so much. Thank you for being here. You can follow me on Instagram at the bad broadcast. I post on there what the weekly prompt is if we have one and you can submit your stories. So thank you again for being here. I love you so much. Always remember to be safe, be kind and be hot. You're the best ever. Love you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.